for people that says, I want Him. I want to see His face. I want to have an encounter with a living God. I don't care what people might think about me. I don't care what people's opinions might be about me. I want to touch heaven. I want heaven to touch me. Come on, follow me. Look at me. Don't miss me. Don't miss what I'm telling you this morning. I'm going to speak to a group of people because I will tell you this one thing. That the power of God does not come and God does not reveal himself to people that's not desperate. People that's not hungry. We need a generation that will rise up in this hour that will say, I am not part of this world. I want God. I want his fullness. I want his power. You see, there's generations of great men of God that dies and go home to be with Jesus. But the Lord is looking for a people that he can raise up in this hour. That he can trust. Because I will tell you one thing. The anointing will cost you everything. It's not going to cost you something. It will cost you everything. Now, I want you to, I want you to follow me because I'm going to take something to, today. And I'm going to bring it together and you will, you will understand where I'm heading. I, I'm looking at generations past in the Bible. If you look at scriptures, most men that God has used mightily has been fighters. In the Old Testament, they were all hunters. Following me, follow me now. Hunters, they hunted, killed, slaughtered. In the New Testament, they were uh, fishers of men, or fishers. So think about this. Old Testament, hunters. New Testament, fishers. So what, what do I mean? And what I mean is God uses the hunters, the fighters. And he makes them into fishermen of men. So right through the scripture, you'll see bold man of God. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody. Elijah was a bold man of God. God made Moses bold. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. Samson was bold. Elisha was bold. Come on, Peter was bold. Oh, let me tell you something. What's happening in the front this morning... Is a, I believe it's going to happen, and I want to prophesy this this morning. And I want to take authority as the servant of the Most High God and tell the devil that this generation that sits in front of me, he cannot have. He cannot have. Because God is going to do something. He takes the baton from Moses, and he puts it into the hands of Joshua. The Joshua generation is about to rise up. Hallelujah. I said the Joshua generation is about to rise up with power and authority. Come on. The fire of God shall be upon them. Hallelujah. I, I pray today that, that everybody in this house, not just the teens in front of me, but that God will put a fire in you. That a mantle will fall on your life this morning. Hallelujah. Come on. Let the fire and the boldness and the faith of the Holy Ghost touch your lives. Oh. We're going to have to get ready. God's fire is about to fall in this house. So I was looking at these men that God has used powerfully. Now you have to understand, God makes a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, I'm going to give you this land. The land that overflows with milk and with honey. And we all understand the scripture. I'm, I'm just quoting some stuff until I get to the main message. I want you to understand something. Then Israel became slaves in Egypt. God raised up a man. And he says to this man, I want you to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. But here's Moses. And he says, God, let me just help you understand one thing. I cannot speak. I'm not eloquent of speech. Lord, I, I stutter. 
You can use anybody, Lord. Why, why do you want to use me? Rather, rather speak to Aaron and maybe, maybe raise up Joshua, but, but I, I'm the wrong one, God. And God says, listen to me, I'll be with your mouth. You see, every time God anoints you, He brings you to a place where you don't have to fight for it or work for it. You just open up your mouth and allow God to speak through you, work through you. You have to understand the day that you say yes to the Lord, your hands is no longer your hands. Your mouth is no longer your mouth. Your feet is no longer your feet. Come on, your mind is no longer your mind. Your life is no longer your life. It belongs to Him. And He said to Moses, don't you worry. I will be with you. I'll be with your mouth. Now they went, they went into Egypt. Signs, wonders, and miracles is performed. The Lord feeds them with manna from heaven. Their feet grows with their shoes. Their clothing grows with their back. But Moses, the preacher, is the one that's in charge of the congregants. He's the one that spends time in the presence of the Lord. I want you to understand, this man saw God in a burning bush. And the bush burned, and it burned, and it burned. And he said, let me inquire of this. And the Lord spoke out of the bush, and he says, don't come near. Remove the sandals off your feet. For the place that you are standing is holy ground. My whole life I prayed this prayer. Lord, use me. Use me. Use me. No longer do I ask the Lord to use me. My prayer is now, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you. Because Moses stood in front of a burning bush while the congregants complained. Follow me. He saw the miracles. The Bible says the glory of God was so strong over their lives that God led them out of Egypt. By day there was a, there was a cloud in the sky. By night a, a fire, a pillar of fire that led them. The glory of God was there. The Shekinah glory of the Lord was there. Now Moses goes up to the mountain of God. And God speaks to him. I want you to listen to me right now. God gives him the commandments, the laws. And do you know what happens? The church stands at the foot of the mountain and complains. Where is this Moses? Where is this Moses? Do you know what they do? They turn to Aaron and say, Aaron, Moses seems he's not coming back. Make us a God. No, no, no. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. This is a generation that saw the power of God, God's provision, God's glory. I mean, God's providing for them. God speaks to them. They hear God speak to Moses. They tremble and they fear. But yet they say, make us a God. I'll tell you one thing that social media has done and the world has done. The world has replaced God with idols. Now you're too quiet. You, you don't hear me. They have replaced God with idols. When, when Moses didn't come back, they said, listen, God, may, may, maybe he disappeared on us, but make us a God that we can follow. And Aaron was supposed to turn to the nation and say, we shall serve no other gods before us. But yet Aaron was a people pleaser. And Aaron said, bring me all the gold that you can find and we'll make, a, we'll make an idol. And so what happens is now when God gave Moses the command, Moses comes down. And the Bible says they hear a commotion. They hear singing. Moses told Joshua, that is not praise. 
Apparently, it seems like they are busy idolizing a false god. I want to tell people this. I want to tell this generation to me. Listen to me right now. Money, fame, fortune, people is but for a season. We have turned money into idols. We have turned pornography into idols. We have turned people into idols. God says, I will have no other God before me. Are you following what I'm saying? God is so angry with Israel that God says, I'm going to make an end to him. I'm done with him. Now think about what I'm saying. God made three million Jews escape the wrath of Pharaoh. But because they turned aside to follow another God, God says, I'm going to end them. Moses, the preacher, the pastor of Faith City, he went to the Lord and he said, God, please don't kill them. Don't kill them all, Lord. But God says, I will not allow my glory to dwell among them. According to the scripture, 3,000 men died in that day. I'm preaching to somebody. So 3,000 died in the wilderness. But when the Holy Ghost was poured out and the glory of God was restored, in the book of Acts, 3,000 men were saved. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They served false gods. They, and the Lord said, I'm, I'm, tired, I'm done with them. Scripture says, now Moses beats up a tent. But according to the Bible, now just follow me, I'm going to get to the good stuff in a second. According to the Bible, it says that Moses refused to set up camp with them. He went outside of the camp and he pitched a tent, which he called the tent of meeting. Now follow me. You will have to get out of the religious, self-righteous camp to experience God's glory on your life. We are living in a time that people would try to change what you say, change what you believe, and if you don't do it, you're not part of the cool club. You are spoken of. That's part of the price. You are misunderstood. You are misjudged. You are, you are talking about behind closed walls. And I want to tell you right now, if you want to do something significant for God, you will be hated by all. You will be spoken of all. Come on, people will call you an outcast. But I'm speaking to a generation that says we will have no other gods before us. We will serve the great I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We have a generation that wants fame. You better mark my words this morning. You have to love the secret place more than the public place. Everybody wants a microphone. Let me preach. Let me preach. I don't care how much you can preach. I want to know what you do in the presence of God. Do you walk with God? I hope somebody's catching what I'm saying this morning. Moses says, I refuse to set up camp with the religious country. Oh, they clap too much hands. They shout too much. Let me tell you something. When God saved me, He saved me. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I'm not afraid what people say. Come on, I'm a Pentecostal. My dog is a Pentecostal. Everything about this Pentecostal will shout and praise and make music to heaven. They shall show me the presence of God. You will find it outside the religious camp. Amen. 
People, I want to tell you, this is how God do it. I was in a church, and I know, I think Uncle Denzel was there years ago. Before he joined the church, I was making a joke. People didn't find it funny. So this was the one crowd. The other crowd laughed. All right, when I said, hang on, let me show you what's relationship. So I walked this way. I said, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Suddenly, bam, people started weeping, crying, power of God. I said to them, and now? Can't laugh. Can't shout. But at, at home, you hit your wife. But in church, we can't laugh. I want to tell you this, that the religious spirit has blocked the glory of God. But I'm here making an announcement. 2024 will be out here where the glory of the Lord shall be restored in your house. It shall be restored in the church. Come on, somebody. So Moses set up his camp outside the religious crowd. Did you know John the Baptist did the same thing? John the Baptist was baptizing in the desert, far away from the religious crowd of the day. People that wanted to hear from God had to go to him. He was a strange fellow. Didn't have much clothing on. Ate honey and locusts. But his one job was to be a, uh, listen to me right now, an, an announcer of the glory. He said, what do you mean? He's coming. He's coming. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Suddenly, behold, the Lamb of the Most High God. Because he refused to succumb to the religious crowd of the day. Am I speaking to somebody? Now the Bible says God makes Moses. He set up a tent outside the camp. And I love what the Bible says. When Moses enters the camp, he enters the tent rather, he enters the tent of meeting. The glory of God was waiting for him at the tent door. Oh, he didn't pray for seven hours. He stepped in. Now you have to hear me. This is a man that saw God face to face. He said, no man can see God and live. Well, that's not what my Bible says. No man can see God's face and live in his full glory. But the Bible says God spoke to Moses face to face. Now, I want to ask people right now, don't be shy to lift your hand. How many of you can give me a testimony that you spoke to God face to face as a man spoke to his friend? You saw God face to face. Well, let me tell you, if God has done it to Moses, he can do it for us. Let me tell you what was the difference, desperation. I will not go unless you go with me. I will not go unless you speak through me. Lord, don't let us go without your presence. Don't let us go without your glory. Don't let us go without your power. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. If you're still awake in this place, tell your neighbor he's speaking to you. So, when he, so I want to show you this. Ooh, I feel the glory of the Lord. Can you feel the power of the Lord in this place? So then Moses spoke to the Lord and he says, Lord, you have to give me direction on where to go, what to do. But he says, Lord, this is the condition. I cannot go unless you go with me. This is the key. Now I'm going to teach you a couple of things. Because today, mantles is about to fall on our lives. Okay, I'm, I'm talking to 10 people that the Father of God is going to hit your life. I pray that you will not be able to walk out of this church. I pray that you will have to be carried out of this church. 
I pray that you'll have an encounter, a face-to-face encounter with God. Because I'll tell you this right now, you will have addictions, you will have problems and situations until you had a face-to-face encounter with God. That changes everything. It breaks off addictions. Come on, it breaks limitations. It takes you higher to a dimension of authority and power. Oh Lord, show me your glory! So I'm, I'm just quickly running through this. The Lord says to him in verse 14 from... Uh, verse 33, it says, of chapter 33, verse 14, it says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Now, here's the key. God makes a promise to Moses. He says, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Why does people have strain in their lives, stress, lack of presence? When the presence comes, rest comes with it. I'll I'll tell you something, it's nice to go on holiday, but there's no rest like the rest in the presence. It rejuvenates you. It changes you. Are you following what I'm saying? doesn't matter what mountain stands before you, when you get into the presence of God, everything is different. Now, Moses, first of all, saw God's face. Now, again, if you sit here in the front, maybe there in the back, and you hear me preach, but you don't listen. You think about Santa Barbara, days of our lives, fishing, work. You're going to miss out. You're going to have to put a demand on the word and say, Lord, because I'm going to get somewhere. You're going you're to hear me in a minute. Lord, I want everything that this man speaks about. Moses saw his face. Moses spoke to God in a burn, through a burning bush. He had an experience in the wilderness. I mean, the glory of God falls. God rains down manna from heaven. He provides. He does all these things and still he goes to God. He says, Lord, I cannot go unless you go with me. We have a generation that everybody wants to run and do a thing of their own, but the presence of God is not with them. I always tell people this, you know, I can't sing. I never see myself as a singer, but I'm a worshiper. I can't keep a tune, but that's fine. I know what it means to worship. Are you following what I'm saying? So when you're a worshiper of heart, it doesn't mean that you can sing. It just simply means that you connect to the heart of God. You know what God loves and you're a carrier of that presence. I will not go unless you go with me. Say amen, somebody. So then God says, now this is my promise. I'll go with you. My presence will be with you and I'll give you rest. Ooh, I like that. Now go, let me go on. So Moses said in, in verse 15, if your presence does not go with us, do not, do not bring us up from here. So Moses says, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't bring us up from here. In other words, Lord, I'm so desperate. I'm so broken. I want to tell each one of you in this building, do you know, if I speak on brokenness this morning, I'm not speaking about being a victim. When I say that we are broken men before God, it means that we are absolutely nothing without Him. Moses was broken before God. He said, Lord, I cannot do this without you. Lord, please don't bring, let me die here. Don't bring me out unless you go with me. And God said, all right, I'll be with you. You'll have my rest. And then Moses thought to himself, no, hang on now. He says, now please show me your glory. Moses saw his power. He saw his face. But now Moses wanted to see the fullness of God's manifested glory, the light in which God lives. He wants to see God's face in the light that God lives in. And God says, now hang on, your body cannot contain that. So I'll tell you what's happening. When when God spoke to him, he saw the kabod glory of God. 
The Bible says Moses could not enter. I'm, I'm just jumping a couple of scriptures to show you something. There's a point where Moses could not enter the tent. For the glory of God was so heavy that he couldn't enter the tent. That's called the Gabbat glory of God. So in other words, this morning, some of you will feel it. You'll feel it's like a weight, a nice weight. But it's a heavy, heaviness that's resting upon you. You can't even dare to look up. It's just glorious. It just fills the room. I, I promise you, sometimes you can smell the aroma of God. Moses experienced the Shekinah glory of God, the ever-present presence of God. How many of you under, remembered what I said when he entered the tent, the presence was there? I love that. I live in the Shekinah glory of the Lord. That's my life. I live in it. The Shekinah glory of God, that ever-present presence of the Lord Almighty. But I believe that this morning, God is going to take us even further. I, I, I'm telling you, this is what we're going to experience in the time ahead. This is why the next generation needs to rise up in this hour and understand the works of God. How many of you in this place wants to walk with God on a daily basis? Lift your hands. How many of you is ready to, to lose people, lose friends? Come on, lose your dignity, lose yourself because you want God's power, you want God's glory. Now, I want, uh, Exodus 40, it speaks about this. Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle because the cloud settled on it. He couldn't enter it because of the cloud that settled it. Now, that speaks about the Kabbat glory of God. Now, do you know the Shekinah glory, which, which, which I said that when he entered in, it was waiting for him there. Do you know the word Shekinah means to inhabit or to dwell? What does the Bible say in the book of Psalm 22? God inhabits the praises of his people. So how do I experience God? Do you know what I do? I create an atmosphere every day for the Lord to dwell in. I've said this before. Let me say this again for the, for the new people. What I will do is I will always get a song. I will worship God. doesn't matter where I am. I would wake up in the morning with a song. What do I do? God inhabits the praises of his people. So I create a dwelling place for the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. To dwell in so he's constantly with me. I would speak to somebody. I would feel a pull on my heart. I will go aside and I will weep. I'll be in his presence. But when I'm alone with God at night, the Gabbat glory of God moves in. Bang. You can't look up. You face down in the glory of God. If I have to reach out my hand, I'll be able to feel him. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? It's right there where he changes you into the image of Christ. It's right there. This is what the generation, this new generation needs to do. You need to seek God with all of your heart. I'll tell you one thing. The anointing will cost you everything. What do you mean? If you don't pray, you'll be powerless. A man is only as powerful as his prayer life. I'm not talking to you about babbling. I'm talking to you about storming the gates of heaven and crying out, show me your face, Lord. Come on. People that dwells in the secret place of the Most High God. Now, I want to show you this, and then I'm going to get to the, to the main message. I want to just create an, a, a, a story that you can understand. What I think about today is there's a big fight going on right now between the house of David and the house of Saul. Okay. God anointed Saul as king. And please follow me. Don't miss me now. But Saul became wicked. Saul became full of pride and arrogant. We have people that's anointed but full of pride. So arrogant that you can't work with them. Come on. Wicked in heart. They've got all the goods. 
They've got the talent. They've got the anointing upon their lives. But they're far away from God. It is, you have to understand the difference between David and Saul is this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you this quickly. One was broken over his sin. The other one showed no concern. Let me say that again. Our generation today think that we can do whatever we want to do and then God must just show up. If you live in sin, what sin does is sin kills the power. It kills the anointing. It kills the blessing of God. I want to tell people this right now. You can tithe until you're blue in the face. If you have not rid of sin, you will never experience God's fullness for your life. There's hundreds of scriptures that God says in His Word that He blesses those who walk righteously, holy. I want to tell you, this generation will think holiness is a four-letter word. Holiness is not a cuss word. Holiness is a demand from God to experience His glory for He is holy. We have, we have this fight against the house of Saul and the house of David. Because the house of David, and, and unfortunately it seems like the house of Saul is rising up more than the house of David. David was a broken man over his sin, while Saul was not even moved. Not moved. Can you say amen? amen. One was a man of the God's own heart. The other one was a failed king. David's house, a man of the God's own heart. But Saul was a man or a king that has failed. One was accepted. One was rejected. Now I want you to listen to me right now. Saul was anointed, chosen by God. But because of how he lived, the Bible says, Samuel came to him and says, God has rejected you. Now you, you, you better hear me. Imagine. You being rejected by God. The Bible says that God was sorry that he ever anointed Saul as king. God cut him off, according to the scriptures, like he was never anointed. <laughs> you know, if, not, if you don't understand the anointing, you will not understand how severe the scripture is. Imagine standing before God and God says, I've rejected you. But Lord, I'm anointed. Lord, I've got the talent. Lord, I've, I've got the goods. I reject you. I don't want you. He was rejected. While David, the man of the God's own heart, was accepted. I can tell, tell this to every man, every guy, because I'm a man. If, you don't, if you're not sure what you are, I'll tell you. Just stand up, I'll tell you if you're a man or a woman. You don't have to figure it out. So I'm speaking to the men because I'm a man. David was a man of God's own heart. Do you know why? Because you don't hear of Saul removing his kingly garment and praising in the presence of God Almighty. David was the man who said, I don't care about my status. I don't care about who I am, about my money. I, 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 if I get into the presence of God, oh, the Holy Ghost will set your feet to dancing. Come on, I don't care if you, can't, if you cannot dance. A man that loves the presence of God. Woo, come on, somebody. Men, I want to tell you, all the men in this place to lift up holy hands does not make you a sissy. What makes you a man is to stand in the presence of the Most High God and say, I need Him every hour, every day I need Him. I'm thinking to the men of the house, it's time to say, Lord, I want to be a man after God's own heart. Your wife, I promise you this, if you have a good wife, 
not a worldly girlfriend or a worldly wife. If you have a good wife and she looks at you at, as how you worship, I promise you she's not going to say, I've got a sissy of a husband. She's going to say, this is a godly man. This is a man after God's own heart. I'm telling you right now, when the glory of God hits, I don't care what people say, they can look through the window and criticize what you do. But by God, hear me, the anointing shall follow you. It shall, as it shall linger. Let me, let me show you something. What you honor, you have access to. Oh, that's a deep one. Yes, Holy Ghost. They spoke against Moses, the preacher. God says, I'm angry at the congregants. Listen to the word. I'm angry at the congregants. Do you know what the Bible says God did? He opened up the earth. He swallowed them in. Them, their family, and all their possessions. According to the scripture, he swallowed them into the pit and closed up the earth. No, no. Why did, they, why did God do that? Because of dishonor. They spoke against the servant of the Most High God. Now you have to understand what's very dangerous. Moses speaks to God face to face. Encounter God through a burning bush. Walks with God on a daily basis and they speak against him. God says because of a lack of honor. I'll open up the earth, swallow them in. They're all dead. Uh, I mean, think about this. They're all in hell today. Paying the price. Now follow me. What you, what you honor, you have access to. All right, let me say that again. What you honor, you have access to. Saul did not honor David. David honored Saul because Saul was anointed. When Saul wanted to kill David, David caught Saul sleeping. And he just cut off his robe. He said, I will not touch the anointed of God. Are, are, you, are you listening to what I'm saying? Many people don't experience the next level of the mantle that God has prepared for you because there's no honor in your life. You don't, you don't experience God's glory, God's power. Why? Because of a lack of honor. So follow me. I'm almost there. Then I'm going to show you. The Bible says this. God rejected Saul. Do you know why? Do you, know, do you want to know why? According to the Bible, it says because Saul rejected God's word. You hear sermons Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. You reject the word of God. God says, I cut you off. Saul was rejected because he rejected the word of God. That's a, that's a hard one, by the way. No honor for the word of God. No honor for the prophet of God. You know, Saul was okay in the beginning because when Saul's father's donkeys disappeared... So, you know, the Bible says that they say to him, Saul, we, we found the prophet that can tell you where the, where the donkeys is. And Saul says, I will not go to a man of God empty-handed. How can I honor the man of God? Honor, attract, open doors, in attract. Come on. You become what you honor, what you sit under, what you put a demand in. If you just sit here because it's another Sunday, you're going to miss. I'm speaking to people that put the demand on the anointing of God today. They say, Lord, I'm not leaving this place without the power of God. So one was accepted. One was rejected. This is, and you'll understand why I'm preaching this because we are seeing this in the world right now.
The house of Saul is standing up in the house of David. But God is cutting off the house of Saul. Hear me right now. I said God is cutting off the house of Saul. God's dealing with it because one was accepted, one was rejected. One was obedient, one was disobedient. One dwelt in the presence of God, the one didn't. The Spirit of God departed from, uh, from Saul, but rushed upon David. David was God's kind of king. Saul was man's kind of king. Ooh, that's a difference, right? David was kind. Saul was cruel. David was at peace with God. Saul was separated from God. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there now. Then I'm going to show you. This is where I'm going to get to the main message this morning. You can turn with me to the book of 1 Kings 19. And now I want you to take notes and follow. So first of all, you have to understand, Moses was a man of God, but he says, Lord, I'm not just interested in having goosebumps and crumbs of your presence. I'm honoring you so much that I want everything. God revealed him to Moses, but then Moses says, now, Lord, show me your glory. I've seen your power. I've seen the, the works of miracles, but I'm a man of honor. Just show me your glory. We all understand what happened. Eventually, Joshua took over from Moses. What did Joshua do? Joshua honored the mantle that's upon the life of Moses. I'll show you why. Did you know Joshua was actually a commander in the army? Come on, he was a fighter, a general. And Joshua was the one who saw Jesus but didn't know it was Jesus. And he ran with, to him with a sword and he said, are you for me or are you against me? Now, this is a general in the army. And Jesus turns to him and he says, I am the general. Come on, I am the captain. In the army of the Lord. In other words, Joshua, let me introduce myself to you, general. I am the general of all generals. I am the king of all kings. I am the Lord of all lords. Hallelujah. Joshua was the one that they, that they had the presence of God. How many of you were here when I explained to you that they had to cross the Jordan? And the priest had the ark of God on their shoulders. And the minute the priests put their feet in the water, the waters parted. Joshua was the one who knew what it is that the glory of God brings the breakthrough. Say amen if you're still here. Amen. So Joshua walked with the presence of God. But later on you'll find out Elisha sought the presence of God. So let me explain something to you so you understand. I, wanna, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of 1 Kings 19. And uh, verse 19. I, I want to quote something as you put your finger there. In verse 16 it says, God spoke to Elijah. And he says, you shall anoint Elisha as prophet in your place. Keep that in mind. So verse 19 says, so he departed from there. And he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the twelve. And then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and he ran after Elijah. And he said, please let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? Uh, there's a translation that says, uh, go on back. You're the wrong man to test him. 
So Elisha turned back from him, took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment, and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose, and he followed Elijah and became his servant. Now, I want to show you something. God spoke to Elijah. He says, I want you to go to Elisha and anoint him. First of all, Elijah knew there's coming up a man that would come into his place. His name is Elisha. Today, we've got so many people, especially social media. Social media, everybody's a commentator, a news anchor, a preacher. Come on, let's be honest. Everybody on social media, they want to buy a mic and sit and talk bull. Because they think it's a quick way to get famous and to get money. I want you to listen to me. If you think that ministry is to make you rich, get a job very quickly. Very quickly. It's very quiet now again. All right, so, by the way, Elijah knew who's going to be next in line. Elisha. In other words, God chose Elisha. He didn't chose the 50 sons of the prophets. He chose Elisha in his place. Elisha knew that he is called. The Bible says when Elijah found Elisha, he found him plowing. Plowing means working. Working means praying. He didn't find him busy with anything else. He was busy. Now, I'm telling you people, God does not give the anointing to lazy people. God anoints people that says, Lord, I'm ready. Wherever you send me, I'll go. Wave at me if you're still awake. Now, you might say, well, Vessel, I'm not called to preach. That's good. But you are called by God in your, in your walk of God, to be a carrier of the glory of God. You don't have to call your pastor and say, pray for me. Nothing wrong with that. But that you can stand and say, it is written. Where the power of God, when God wakes you up, when God visits you and meets with you, like he has met with these men of God that has honored the glory of the Lord. Are you still following me? Now, I want you to listen to me. Do we have a, just give me one of those black kloppikis. Now, I want to just explain something to you. Thank you so much. This is not, people ask, why do you close people when they fall down? Okay, it's not in the Bible. No, it's not. It's not a religious thingy. It's for modesty. We close women and men because you don't want to lay on the floor and worry who's looking at you. Okay, so if you have your pants sits at your ankles, it's fine. We've got to, we'll close you up. That, this is why this, we have this, okay? Because we have got, we've got people that say, that's not in the Bible. It's not. Skinderoki. But in any case, we just, we just, we just close them. Okay. And you have to have some big ones because, okay, so. Let me just get back to the word. But here's God. And he says, Elijah, anoint Elisha in your place. I'm telling you, God's my witness. We're going to see the power of God here today. Amen. Who's ready for that? Who's ready to be walking out of this building changed forevermore? Amen. Amen. 
Now, you're going to have to be desperate, all right? You're going to have to be like Moses. You're going to have to say, Lord, I've seen your power. I've seen the miracles, but now I want to see your face. Show me your glory. That's my life. Lord, I honor your presence. Now, follow me, follow me. The Bible says, God says, anoint him in your place. He's next in line. All right, so the scripture says this. When Elijah found him, found him plowing, what happened? Elijah took off his mantle and he dropped it on him. I need a young man. Come here for me. Yeah, you come. Okay, so here's Elisha. He's plowing. What does Elijah do? Elijah doesn't say a word. Elijah sees Elisha plowing. He removes his mantle and he puts it on him. And what happens? He keeps on walking. You know what our generation does today? Turn around and walk that way for me. That's what they do. Along the line, they lose the mantle. They lose their marriages. They lose the power of God. They lose the fear of the Lord. They lose their lives. But what Elisha done, will follow me. Now, thank you, sir. You have to find yourself a man of God that preaches the Bible and follow him into heaven. Because that's what Elisha has done. Now, this is, this is where people don't realize this. The price, the price for the anointing of God. Elisha, scholars reckon Elisha served and followed Elijah for 13 years. 13 years. Now, I can tell you, in 13 years, pride could have gotten to him. He could have said, listen, I'm, I'm well able to preach. Jesus, I'm, 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 I'm better preacher than you, man. I'm better looking than you. I can, I can quote scripture better than you. But his only job was to serve and to observe. To honor the mantle that's weighing upon this man. But you have to understand now, Elisha removed the mantle and placed it on Elisha. Then when Elisha said this, he says, can I just quickly say goodbye to my family? Then Elijah tested him and says, do you know what? I've got the wrong man. You go and say goodbye, I'm the, I've got the wrong man. You know what Elisha did? He sac- made a sacrifice. That's the first thing he did. He sacrificed. His sacrifice kept him through his whole ministry. He gave it away to the people. And he followed the man of God that preaches the Bible right into heaven. But God found a man called Elisha. He bypassed prophets. He bypassed men of God because they were not the one. You see, because when God looks at you, He does not look at your outer appearance. God looks straight at the heart. God is looking for people in this hour that says, Lord, I've got nothing. I don't want anything. I just love you. And if that's enough, here I am. Use me for your glory. I can tell you this. For sure, this might be sounding hard to you, but I'll tell you this. Elisha never spoke against Elijah. He never went to, to friends and said, did you see what he did? Never, 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 never spoke against the man of God be- behind closed walls. Because I honor him. You might not like what I'm telling you this, but the way you honor the man that God has placed in your life is the same way as how you honor God. 
Listen, I, I, I don't want to sound prideful or arrogant, but I can tell you, I think there's at least more than five people that can stand up in this place and say, because of this ministry, because of this anointing, God has changed my life. God has turned it upside down. You didn't have to pay the price. The only thing you needed to do is you needed to obey the Holy Ghost and get to this church. My life is on the altar. My knees are warm because of prayer. I know what it is to bang on heaven's door and to pay the price for the anointing. God is saying to a generation, rise up in this hour and honor the mantle. Why did Runel get that car? Because of the spirit of breakthrough that's in this house. This is why. Come on, why did God save people's soul from hell? Because God is in this house. I want to tell you this. I believe God lives at Faith City. I believe that this place is an incubator for the glory of God. Because we've got people that's hungry for Him. Listen, I've offended so many people. I'm looking at faces right now. You were supposed to leave and get another church. But you're still here because you love the truth. I want to tell you in the name of Jesus, you are next in line. Promotion is coming your way. God will not bypass you. I'm looking at people in my life. That's been hell today. But because I refused, my wife refused, we're not going to give up. We'll serve God. Today their lives is like this, changed. Changed. Last night, I'll tell you this, I was in the presence of God. Whew, and I'm praying and I'm seeking His face. And then I thought, okay, I'm done. I was in the presence of the Lord. Suddenly I received an email. A woman gave me a testament of what happened in the church, that how the Lord healed the husband, etc. When I read it, I started weeping. I said, Lord, I'm back in prayer again. And I realized this is why I seek. This is why I pray. Look at these miracles, Lord. Look at these testimonies. How will that happen? Unless God has been with man. Are you still enjoying this? No, he's just following him. He's observing he wants what this man's got because you know what? God found a man, Elisha, that was hungry, desperate. I don't want to be part of the status quo. I always tell you this, that if everybody buys a white phone, I buy a red one. I refuse to look like this world, talk like this world, go in, listen, go into the same direction. I refuse it. I said, I refuse it. I'm not part of the status quo. You don't have to be part of the status quo. Elisha said, I, I, I'm done with the... The little bit. I want the fullness of God. Now, if you read this, it's a, quite a portion, but go to 2 Kings quickly. And then you'll understand where I'm getting to. It came to pass, this is 2 Kings chapter, chapter 1. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 1, sorry. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here please, for the Lord has sent me on to, the, on to Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, 
Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know, keep silent. In our English, shut up. <laughs> then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The Bible says, now the sons of the prophets who were at, Jer at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, yes, I know, keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance. While the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now, I want you to, to hear this. Yes, Elijah, the Lord gives a word that God's going to take the servant away. And... Here is Elijah telling Elisha, you have followed me now for a while, but it's time for you to get your own bath, all right? Basically, he chases him away. But Elisha said, if you know me, you will know I'm so desperate for God. There's nothing that you can say to me, do to me, to change my course. I have followed I've surrendered, I've submitted. I don't care, you can chase me away, but as, you, as your soul lives and as your God lives, I will not leave you. Now the Bible says they went to Gilgal. Now Gilgal, you have to understand the significance in Gilgal. Gilgal is called the place of faith. How many of you realize that God led Israel by day with a cloud, by night by a, a fire pillar? But when Israel came to Gilgal, the, 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 the cloud disappeared, the fire disappeared, so no longer could they walk by eyesight, they had to walk by inside, they had to walk by faith. I'm speaking to people that's in Gilgal right now, that everything in your life seems like it's a faith battle. Faith is required to walk with God. Faith is required to be called a man of the God's own heart. Can you say amen in this place? You see, people think that the anointing of God comes upon your life because somebody lays hands on you. If it was so quick, I would have some of the greatest anointings on the earth. I've met some of the greatest men around the world that's still alive in their generation. They've laid hands on me. I, I, I can't explain to you how many times in different places. But let me tell you something. There's no, there's no shortcut It starts with a desperation, with a hunger, not religion, not what you think that you've been taught. I've been in church since a small boy. Do you know when I encountered God? When I was a big man. I encountered God nowhere until I came to a place of hunger, desperation. Where I said to the Lord, Lord, I would rather die than live without your presence. This is basically Moses. Lord, let me die in here. Don't take me out unless your presence is with me. But now, they are at Gilgal. Now imagine this. He's fighting the fight with Elijah. He's walking and experiencing life of faith. And then Elijah says to him, stay here. You can't go where I'm going. But Elijah said, let me just remind you. I've been fighting this fight of faith. When people thought I'm crazy, I hold on to my faith. When people left me, I hold on to my faith. There's no way that I'm letting you go today. Where you go, I go. Because I'm desperate. 
Now, I, I tell you this, I honor men of God. There's some great men of God alive today that I honor. And I don't just honor them by words, I honor them by deed. I spend money on them. I spend money going to where they are. Why is that? It's because God has placed generals in generations that people don't even realize. When these generals are gone, there will be a famine of the word of the living God. You will find a lot of mumbo-jumbo on YouTube, but not the pure gospel, because these men are gone. To see how powerful a man of God is, is not to tell you what's in your fridge. Demons does the same. What makes a man powerful is his walk with God. Time spent in the presence of the Lord. Uh, I hope you still here. I'm going to run through this. Now, I'm, I'm not going to read all of this. I'm just going to show you this. So, first of all, Gilgal. Say Gilgal. Gilgal. Say with a place of faith. Now, you have to understand this man, is, he's hungry for God. He's got 50 sons of the prophets. What does this mean? This means it's 50 brothers, 50 church folks that says to him, Hey, do you know the man that you've been following is going to be removed from you today? Do you know what he says? Shut up. I don't want to hear from you. I am not leaving without a reward. That man's mantle fell upon my life. I've been following faithfully. I just came out of, out of Gilgal, but I'm on my way to Bethel. Bethel speaks about sacrifice. Bethel means sacrifice. In other words, now there's a place in your life of sacrifice. And I'll tell you this, it's a constant thing. You'll always have to walk by faith. You'll always have to walk by sacrifice. You're going to have to sacrifice your time. Sacrifice your dignity. I don't clean toilets. You are not ready for the anointing of God, my brother. If you think that a pulpit makes you a preacher, you've got no idea what a true preacher is. A true preacher is not made behind the pulpit. It's made in humility. He's, come on, he's made in the lowest of low. Come on, he's made when everybody looks over him, but God sees the heart. Bethel means sacrifice. You want God's glory on your life, you're going to have to sacrifice. This generation must not think it comes cheap. It costs you everything. How many of you want to be used by God? Lift your hands. You're going to have to understand your time is no longer your time. You're going to have to say no thank you to many things. Money would be one of them. The biggest test that I had to, had to pass is money. Biggest test of my life. Five years long. Hell on earth. At that moment, it felt to me like hell on earth. The biggest test of my life. Money was rubbed underneath my nose. If you do this, I'll give you this. If you do this, I'll give you this. But I realized that the anointing cannot be purchased of money. I would have not been vessel to brain if it was not for me, through the help of the Holy Ghost, going through Bethel. I sacrificed it. I said, no, Lord, I don't want that. I'm not going to have that sacrifice. Say sacrifice. Elijah turned to me and says, listen, I'm on my way to Jericho. You, you cannot go where I'm going. He says, listen. As long as your soul lives and God lives, I'm not leaving you. Now, think about this. In today's time, he would have been offended. Pastors chasing me away. The sons of the prophets. Come on, church folks. says, don't you know, you followed this man for many years, but today he's going to go. He's going to leave you. He turns around and says, shut up. It's a holy shut up, by the way. Okay? Have you felt like sometimes just saying shut up? You know what you're talking about. You've got no idea what I've been through. 
to tell me now to give up? I'm not giving up right now. The same God who sustained me, come on, in Gilgal. And the same God who brought me through Bethel. It's the same God that will show up for me in Jericho. I'm not about to leave the anointing of God for anything. I'm a desperate man. I'm hungry. I've tried everything in my life. I've tried everything in my life. But now the one thing that makes sense, I'm not letting go. Jericho is a place of warfare. We're going to have to get on our knees and fight this thing through. But I'll tell you right now, don't be moved by what you feel, by what you see. You've got power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. Listen to me, saints of God. You, if you want to go where God is going, then you can't follow men. You're going to have to say to the crowd, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what God has pulled me out of. I'm in this for the long run. I'm desperate for God. I speak to the people in this building. He says, I've tried everything. Try God. Lose yourself and say, Lord, I want you. I don't care what the person next to me think. Show me your glory. Jericho, place of warfare. It's the same place where they shouted down the walls. How, how many of you remember? So if I study the scripture, I realize this. That when I, when I start to worship God, things shift in my life. What attracts the glory? Worship, 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 worship. Till you're there. Hunger and faith will bring you to a dimension where the mantle of God falls upon your life. Follow me, follow me. I'm almost there. Elijah turns to Elisha. He says, listen, I'm on my way to the Jordan now. You can't go with me. The sons of the prophets stood and said, don't you know the time has come? Your father would be removed. Shut up. If you know what I've been through, this is why I'm telling everybody, all the critics, don't judge servants of the living God. You have no idea what their Gilgal look like, what their Bethel been. Come on, are you following me? They've got no idea. Where were you in the Jericho? You weren't there. Don't judge the Jordan if you haven't been there through it all. My goodness, I feel the fire of God on me right now. I'm telling you, it's about to fall. I'm almost there. Follow me. Follow me now. Thank you, George. You can do exactly that. I love George. Don't you just love George there on the keyboard? Now, follow me. He says, you can't go where I'm going now, but I'm desperate. After I do world, don't let me go now. I'm on the brink of the greatest breakthrough of my life. I'm, you, you're looking at a broken man this morning. You're looking at a man that's so dependent on the Spirit of God. How do you tell a man that's desperate for God, stop? You can't go where I am, but I'm desperate. If you go, I go. Do you know what happened? Elijah crossed the Jordan. Have you noted Elijah didn't pray, God, please, for the sake of Elisha, let the, let the Jordan open up. He was so one with God that he split it. The Bible says the 50 sons of the prophet stood afar. <laughs> Those that says, God cannot do it for you. 
they will look from afar while you walk on dry ground. I can imagine Elisha in that moment when they said, your father is going to be removed from you. Stay here. And they are just looking from afar and he's walking on dry ground. Now follow me now. Elisha said, what, what is it that you want me to do? He says, before you go, I want a double portion of your spirit. He didn't say a double portion of the Holy Spirit. I received the mantle when we started because God chose me in your place. I received it by serving faithfully, following you almost for 13 years, being offended but not being offended. Come on. Being chased away but not going. Being told I cannot have what you have but not or, or, or refusing to let go. I've been through hell and back. I've been, come on somebody, I've been to Gilgal. I fight the good fight of faith. I've tried everything in my life. I've laid everything down at Bethel. The biggest sacrifice of my life because the anointing costs you everything. I've been in Jericho more than once. I've been fighting this warfare. Now I'm at the Jordan. Things is about to shift for my life. That I just prophesied this over your life. You're at the Jordan right now and things is about to shift for your life. No, no, maybe you hear me this side. I said you are at the Jordan right now. Things is about to shift. But before you go, let a double portion of the honor that I've had towards the glory of God, let it come on my life. Because I'm not leaving Five City this morning like I came. Elijah looked at him and says, you've asked the hard thing. All of you in the front, all of you in the back. Do you know what the Bible says? A hard thing, a difficult thing. He didn't say, well, that's the easiest thing that you've asked. He says, what you ask is a hard thing. It's a difficult thing. But if you see me go. Now, this is what the Bible says. Suddenly, a whirlwind came in. And it picked up Elijah. And there goes Elijah. But the Bible says, a mantle fell. A mantle fell. The mantle that fell, he picked it up. And now he walks towards the Jordan. Now follow me. Joshua was at the same Jordan. There were still stones packed out as a memorial of what God has done. The altars of Joshua were still standing at Jordan. In Jordan, they had the glory of God on them. Bang, and it opened up. But when it came to Elisha, so the one carried the glory. The second one, he sought the glory. Because when he got to the Jordan, he smited and he says, where is the God of Elijah? Now, hear me, I'm almost there. Elijah saw Elisha, what happened? Put a mantle on him, right? Mantle. Because this man is hungry for God. This is a man of the God's own heart. A man that God can trust. A man that hates his sin. Come on somebody, I'm speaking to you. A man that God has accepted, not rejected. He received the mantle and he follows the man of God right into heaven. Oh, come on now. Pays the price for it. The first mantle that comes, comes from man. How do I receive that? Spending time with the carrier. Respecting the anointing. Even if you think that that man of God is wrong, it's not your place to say anything. 
you, your job is to pray, to honor. I was sitting in a, in a country, I think it was Namibia. I sat with a preacher, and he had business people around him, and this preacher spoke on his vision. And he said, I'm going to build this, and God says, we're going to do this. And, and he turned to the business guy, and he says, and you're going to pay for it. And he says, absolutely. I was shocked. I was shocked. This businessman knows exactly this is what God has placed me here for. No, you, you don't hear me. The preacher knows my job is just to preach, to preach, re- release the vision. And what's your job? Is to fulfill the vision of God. Now follow me, follow me now. It comes through man, honoring, submitting under the anointing, even when that man is hard. Even if that man, Jesus said to his disciples, do you want to go to, after 5,000 left him, the biggest church split in history. 5,000 left him immediately. Jesus turned to the disciples and he says, do you want to go to? Lord, where will we go from use the words of life? And then suddenly, the second mantle comes from God upon a man's life. Now, what's going to happen this morning is God's going to release His glory in this house. Mantles is going to fall on people. And I promise you this, for those of you that's hungry, where are you, the hungry ones? Not for Kentucky, for God. Okay, the desperate ones, lift your hands. I I, I have tried it all. I don't want the crumbs of His presence no more. I want to see His face. Where are you? Are you in this building? Come, where's those who says, I've been through Gilgal. I've paid my dues over in Bethel. Come on, I've paid the price down in Jericho, but I'm about to cross over the Jordan. See, I I want to tell people it's it's very easy to say, I'm going to preach unless you're called by God. It will destroy you. I'll finish now. If God didn't call me to preach, this would have been the last thing that I would have done. I would have go to church every week. I would have supported the vision. I would have been a great, great Christian, but I've never preached. I'm preaching. Do you know why? If I did not say yes, I would have been dead. You'll find that part in my book uh, I'm writing. I, I, I was supposed to be dead many times. And God gave me a last chance. He says, if you say no, I'm done. The angel of death knocked at my door. I saw my body, my spirit leaving my body. Because I ran away from God's calling. When I could not run no more, I said yes to the Lord. The mantle fell. And that mantle comes with a price. I'll tell you this, I think that I'm the most difficult person ever. Ask my wife. But I also think I'm one of the best people ever. Yes. That was my mother-in-law, right? Robbie, can you just take her out, please? Just, just, just remove her there. Thank you. Thank you, Robbie. Because men of God is misunderstood most of the times. But I'll tell you, when you have a man of God, and not everybody that preaches is a man of God. When you have a man of God, you have found favor with God. I'm going to speak to a 